Hi, this is What You Say in English, Season 3. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What You Say in English, the podcast in which I listen to you and give you my professional feedback. And today we have a very special episode in which we're packed with lots of ideas and ways to improve your listening skills, not only for the exams, of course, I will be talking about the exams, but also about your, anything you do in your personal life, your business, and whatever you do in your classes. If you go to a language school and you do any listening activity, this episode is going to be packed with wonderful ideas and how to understand and what to look for and different techniques that you can use. It's not only applicable for Cambridge exams or IELTS or TOEFL or any other exam. I think having good note-taking skills, a good note-taking habit system that can help you succeed. We'll be covering a variety of topics, including active listening, different note-taking uh, techniques, and creating a system that works for you because you have to make it personal. And I know that it's going to be stressful in the exam. You will not be able to take notes. Actually, it's counterproductive to take notes during the exam because you actually have to answer the questions, especially in the IELTS exam in which you only listen to the recording once. But that doesn't mean that when you prepare for the exam, you practice note-taking skills. You have to increase your level of understanding. It's how you understand the information that is spoken and how you transfer it into the exam and also, anyway, your personal life. So stay tuned. Let's get started. First, let's talk about the importance of active listening and note-taking. Active listening is the process of fully focusing on the speaker, trying to understand the meaning of what they're saying and thinking about how it applies to you. It's not just about hearing words. It's not about that. It's about understanding them and making connections. When you're actively listening, you're more likely to pick up on key information that's relevant to your exam and that you need to take notes on. And when you do take notes, you'll be able to organize them in a way that makes sense to you and that you can easily refer back to later on. When preparing for the exams, it is crucial to have a good set of notes to revise from. Notes serve as a summary of the relevant and important points covered in a class or during studying, you know, during a listening task, highlighting significant references and providing a space for your own thoughts and comments. This is essential, especially when you revise the tape script of the listening, which is something that you should include in your habits of, you know, preparing for the listening test. Revising with a tape script will give you an insight into vocabulary and how everything is structured and organized. So your notes should resemble in a way that tape script, that audio script. It is not only beneficial for students preparing for exams, but it's also a skill that is transferable to the workplace. For example, taking effective notes during meetings, taking, um, taking minutes and summarizing points from conferences or training 
if you, of course, if you have the chance to do that. Effective note-taking is not just about writing down what is being said, because the problem is that that's absolutely stressful. You cannot spend your whole time writing every word, but it's about understanding the meaning behind the words. Listening and hearing are not the same thing. Hearing is, you know, the physical act of perceiving the sound. It's something that you either hear or you don't hear. While listening is the cognitive process of interpreting and understanding the meaning of what is being said. To listen effectively, you need to pay attention to the speaker's tone of voice, use of language, and if you see them, body language. Of course, when you, if you watch a video. In the case of the listening exams, that is not going to be possible. So that you have to pay attention to the inflection, intonation, the use of very specific words that, you know, mark what the speaker is doing. Listening is a key skill for success, not only in education, but also in the workplace. And as 80%, I got this information from one website that I was reading, uh, 80% of what we know is acquired through listening. That's oh, a shocker. Being an active listener is crucial for effective note-taking. Active listening involves linking new material and what you already know and approaching the material with questions in mind. That's why making predictions about what you're going to be listening to is essential. When you read the task before the listening itself, it's, you have to create all these questions in your head. You have to make sense of whatever you're going to be listening to, and those questions will be answered, hopefully, in the listening. Additionally, of course, when you study at home, you have to make yourself comfortable. You find a quiet place where you can listen and concentrate in the exam, depending on whether, for example, you can take the computer-based exam. I know that some exams are computer-based nowadays, uh, or just a regular listening exam. In an exam room, you have a speaker. You have to make sure that you are as comfortable as possible. Of course, you are assigned a seat. In the case of the computer exams, there's an advantage, which, you know, you're going to be using headphones. So that's a great advantage. You can concentrate a lot more. And of course, being prepared to take notes can help you concentrate even better. Now let's talk about the different note-taking techniques and which one to use for different types of exams. There are several techniques that are known all around the world. The Cornell method is one, the outline method, the mapping method, the charting method, sentence method, and mind map method. You can use, you can do a little bit of research and, and you can find for yourself. Each one is suited for a different type of information and exam format. For example, the Cornell method is great for exams that require memorization, such as the TOEFL exam. If you don't know in the TOEFL exam, you get to listen to something, and then you have to take notes, and then after that, you'll answer a series of questions. And, of course, you have to base your answers on the notes that you took. So the Cornell method can help you go through this and take your notes effectively. The outline method is great for exams that require a logical structure. For example, part four of the IELTS exam, in which you have to follow a university lecture. 
And in that lecture, it, there's going to be some steps and, and there's going to be a description of something. So using the outline method can help you with the logical structure. And of course, as the name says, it's an outline that you have to write down. The mapping method is great for exams that require conceptual understanding, especially for listening tasks that have multiple choice options that test more complex things like understanding implication. One of the most difficult questions in the listening is usually questions that are not directly stated, but they are implied. And of course, students usually struggle with this, with this kind of question because it's a way of reading between the lines, so to speak. And in this case, for example, it's pretty much like listening between the lines. It's important to understand that the format of the exam and the content of the exam so you can decide which note-taking technique to use. The Cornell method, for example, I'm going to tell you the step-by-step -step guide on how to use the Cornell method for a listening exam. First, you have to divide a page into three sections. And remember that this is for study. This is when you prepare for the exam. Of course, during the exam, you should not take... I, I don't recommend taking notes because you have to answer directly. And especially in exams like the IELTS exam, you you get to listen to the recording only one time. So taking notes is out of the question. So going back to the, the way in which you can use the Cornell method is you divide the page into three sections. One section is the Q column. The other one is the note-taking column. And then you have the summary section. So in the Q column, you locate, uh, you locate it on the left side of the page and it's used for keywords or phrases that will help you remember the information. This can be really good because in the case of the Cambridge exams, there's going to be keywords that you can map out with the questions. You have the questions and those questions will have essential vocabulary that will be in the listening. Then on the note-taking column, which is located in the middle of the page, you use it for writing down the information from the listening, what you actually can understand and what you can get from the listening. And then in the summary section, which is located on the right side of the page, you use it for a brief summary of the information. This, I'm sure if you do this, as a, you take it as a habit, it will help you improve on your listening skills, not only for the exams, but in general for a lot of things. And remember that while you're listening, you have to listen actively and focus on the main ideas and the key information. In the Q column, write down the keywords and phrases that will help you remember everything. And once the listening is done, you use the summary section to summarize what you understood from the listening. I think this is a great way of improving your overall listening skills. Now, in the case of the outline method, this is, uh, as, as I said before, is a note-taking technique that can be useful for, again, for listening exams, specifically for Cambridge listening exams. And I'm going to tell you the step-by-step -step guide. So if you're paying attention, if you're taking notes, this is the way you should do it. So before the listening exam, practice taking notes using the outline method. During the listening exam, also listen actively and focus on the main ideas and the key information. So you write down the main topic or the main idea at the top of your page. Then under the main topic or main idea, you write down the main points or subtopics. Then indent, indent is leaving a margin on the left, the subpoints or details under the main points. As you listen, 
you have to take notes under the appropriate main point or subtopic. So you have this, this division of topics and you can have like different columns or in, in, in vertical, for example, from top to bottom, you can have the different topics. And then as you listen, you take notes under every point or subtopic. After the listening, just review your notes and make sure that they look organized and easy to read and follow. So you practice using this outline method, as I said, it's an outline. It's just that you have like different numbers. You can put them in and as a table, you can put them from top to bottom, but as it, it will help you to organize information and just focus on the key aspects. And remember that as you review your notes, you have to focus on the main ideas the key information, and the structure of the text. I, I think this can help you quite a lot to really remember and retrieve the information once you have done the listening. Also, I cannot tell you enough that you have to practice with mock exams so you can get familiarized with how to use the outline method during the actual listening. But remember, this is to prepare. This is If you feel, for example, that your listening skills are not up to the level, then you use these techniques to really improve on, you know, pay attention on what is important in the listening. And finally, I'd like to talk about the mind mapping method, which is another very effective note-taking uh, technique that you can use for preparing for listening exams. So step by step, you first, before the listening exam, of course, you review, revise all the different steps that you have to follow during the listening, of course, again, listen actively and focus on the main idea. What you have to do is that you draw a circle, a large circle in the center of your page and write the main topic or the main idea in the center of the circle. And as you listen, you draw lines radiating out from the central circle and write keywords or phrases that represent the main ideas the concepts and the supporting details. You uh, you can also connect the lines to the central circle with arrows or lines to show the relationship between the concepts and ideas. Remember that as you listen, you take notes on the lines and connect them to the appropriate main idea or concept. Again, when you finish with the listening, you review everything and you make sure that the it, everything looks organized and easy to read. And it's a great way to visualize everything in a map. It's like a spider map, like a spider web. Personally, I like the mapping method because it's, I think it's a great way of visualizing the relationships between concepts and ideas. And it will also allow you to see the big picture of things. It's particularly useful when the material is complex and has many sub uh, subtopics that are interrelated. It also, I think it also allows you to identify patterns and connections in the information, which can help you remember it better. Once again, I can tell you a lot about the different techniques to take notes and everything and whatnot, and, but you have to create your own style. And it could be a hybrid of these different techniques that I've just mentioned. You have to create a note-taking system that works for you. I think it's important to know to have an, uh, the, your, your own way of understanding things that is easy to understand, easy to use. And the most important thing of all is that it makes sense to you. One of the most common mistakes people make when taking notes is not having a system at all. A good note-taking system should be simple, should be organized and easy to use. It should also be flexible enough 
to accommodate different types of information. When it's facts, for example, or when it's concepts or ideas, you have to consider the way you understand and process information, the format of the exam and how different sections can apply to a different technique and, and the amount of information you need to take notes on when creating your system. And remember, depending on the exam, I think normally I, for the Cambridge exams, I would probably recommend the outline method. I think it's a great way of organizing information for the IELTS exam, maybe mind mapping or the outline method can also work out really well. Also, when you prepare for the Cambridge exams, you, know, you get to listen to the recording twice. So the first time you make sure that you write good notes and the second time you can actually use the notes to see if you can answer the questions just to test how much you can understand and how much you can identify the key points and elements. Because sometimes you might get distracted with the with the distractions, you know, that when you have a multiple choice, typically the multiple choice, the, the speakers in the recording will mention everything. But one thing about the multiple choice, and this is something that I usually do in my classes, is that I remove all the options so that you have, let's say, part three of the advanced. You have, it's usually an interview between two or three people, and then you have a list of questions, and those each question has four options, four alternatives. And what I do in the class is that I remove all the alternatives and leave only the questions and I force my students to take notes. Whatever technique they want to be using, it's completely up to them. And based on those notes, then after that, I have them talk to each other, discuss what they wrote, maybe exchange some information, complete each other's notes and whatnot. And then after that, without listening to the recording again, they try to answer the task. Like they look at the questions, they look at the options, and believe it or not, they more often than not, they will get the right answers. And when I get their feedback, they usually tell me, I think I understood it better because I concentrated on the listening. And what is the problem then? So I've realized, for example, that it's not that they're not taking notes or they're just letting themselves be distracted by the options. Sometimes they're so focused on the options that they completely they get disconnected from the listening. And also remember that you can exploit a listening multiple times. Actually, when you finish a listening, make sure you have the audio script next to you so you can check, you can read again, and you can do it as a reading activity. You can actually get a lot of vocabulary from it. You can get a lot of expressions, learn new idioms and, and expressions because those listenings usually have a lot of idioms. And they're very, as, as I usually say, they're very idiosyncratic. Like they, they always include a lot of colloquial information, depending on the situation, but they will always include. And, and when it goes up a level, for example, when you test for proficiency, they will always include a lot of expressions, weird and not so common expressions that you will definitely want to include in your lexicon, in your own vocabulary. Okay, so remember that these techniques are only used when you prepare, because in the actual exam, you will not have time, but it's always good to create a habit. Using these techniques will definitely give you a head start to really improve on your listening skills.
Now let's talk about how to review and organize your notes for maximum retention. Reviewing your notes on a regular basis is essential to understanding the and remembering information. Organizing your notes in a way that makes sense to you is also important. You can use dividers, color coding, or other methods to organize your notes. Reviewing and organizing your notes will also help you identify patterns and connections in the information, which can help you remember it better. Now, I'm going to give you a plan for how to review and organize your listening notes for maximum retention. So first, you set a regular review schedule. So you schedule a specific time each day or week to review your notes. The secret here is consistency. It's the key to retention. So it's important to make reviewing your notes a regular habit. Then review your notes soon after taking them. The longer you wait to review your notes, the harder it will be to remember the information. So try to review your notes as soon as possible after taking them. Also use different methods of review. For example, you mix it up by using different methods of review, such as flashcards or quizzes or rewriting your notes. So you rephrase everything. This will help you keep your review sessions interesting and engaging. Also summarize your notes. Summarizing your notes can help you understand the main ideas and key information better. If you try to review your notes in a shorter and more concise format, you will definitely increase the chances of retrieving the information easily. And this comes very handy. For example, if you want to review vocabulary and you want to review expressions and, and you know all sorts of things that you can learn from listening. Also organize your notes. Believe it or not, believe it or not a lot of people don't do this. So you, when you organize your notes, you do it in a way that makes sense to you. You, you know, as I, as I said before, yeah, you use dividers, color coding, or other methods to separate different topics or sections. Also use technology to assist you. I always use technology. In my case, for example, I use apps like, there are many. I remember that for some time I used Evernote when, when it was popular, when it was free, of course, then you had to pay a subscription. But other apps like OneNote, Google Keep, there's another one, I think it's Notability. Right now, for example, I can use, I'm an Apple user, for example, I use the Apple environment. So I use the Note app in, in, in the iOS environment quite a lot. Also, practice with mock exams. Practicing when you use your notes in a simulated exam environment will help you get used to using your notes during the actual exam and test your understanding material. And this is useful for TOEFL. Okay, so I keep it in mind that this is for TOEFL, not for really for IELTS or Cambridge exams. Also, and this, this might sound like it's not very common, especially when you are preparing for the exam, you have to seek help if you need it. If you're having trouble understanding or remembering the information in your notes, don't hesitate to seek help. Ask for help. Talk to your teacher or your tutor or find a study partner. When you have this communication with other people and then you can get that feedback. So maybe there's something that you're not getting and the other person can definitely help you. I am sure that if you follow this plan, you will be well on your way to effectively re reviewing and organizing your listening notes. Now, you may wonder, how can you use these tips on how to effectively use your notes during the exam time? Well, having 
a good note-taking system is only half the battle. You also need to know how to use your notes effectively during the exam. And some of the tips that I can give you might include, for example, reviewing your notes, skills, and some of the tips that I might give you are you try to review your note-taking skills before the exam to refresh your memory. You know that you're well on your way to really gather you know the information very quickly when you listen for the first time when you look at the questions for example you look at the options in let's say a multiple choice exercise or the final which is part four of the listening for cambridge exams you for example you the first time you listen it's a mix between taking notes like brief notes and looking at the options, looking at the answers and making like small annotations, like I'm not very sure, like a question mark you put on one of the options, for example, if you're not very sure. And then the second time you try to get the answer. Also highlighting key information in the questions. I know that a lot of people do it. And also on top of that, I always tell people to make predictions. When you try to predict, for example, if you have a multiple choice, you look at the question, you know what the context is about, and then you try to predict which of the four, three or four options. Well, maybe your prediction is, you know, it's not correct, but at least you're focusing on the listening and you will be more invested in the activity, it, which means that you're actively listening. And this is what I said before in the previous segment, it's active listening, it's trying to immerse yourself so you have basically you when you make predictions you immerse yourself in the listening in a way that you would not be able to do it for example if you don't make predictions also try to use your notes as a guide during the exam you can actually that can help you get the right answer knowing when it's appropriate to use your notes during the exam you need to familiarize yourself with how to use your notes during the exam. Stepping out of the exam world, of course, not everything in the listening is about exams. And another aspect, important aspect, is talking about the role of note-taking in independent learning. Note-taking, as I said, is not just for exams. It's also an essential skill for independent learning. When you take notes, you're actively engaging with the material, which will help you understand and remember it better. Additionally, reviewing your notes on a regular basis helps you retain the information for a longer period of time. It's important to find a note-taking system that works for you, practice it regularly, and make it a habit. When it comes to studying and preparing for exams, taking notes is crucial it's a crucial step in the process. But did you know that the act of taking notes is not just about recording information for later use? It's actually an active part of the memorization process. The act of taking notes is believed to ease the load on the working memory and help you solve complex problems. Also, rereading the and reviewing your notes is crucial for understanding and retaining that information. But what's the best way to use your notes for maximum retention. Research suggests that there are different methods of using notes, such as reading, highlighting, and of course, summarizing. And they, these can have varying levels of effectiveness. The more information learning process involves understanding transformation operations, the greater 
the intensity and effectiveness of the learning process. So it's better to highlight notes than to simply read them and better again to summarize them than to highlight them. And it's not just the content of your notes that matters. The way you take them is just as important. So you, you need to have a matrix structure. I'm not talking about the film, but it's a matrix structure for recording information has proved to be more beneficial than an outline structure, for example, which is in turn more beneficial than the linear structure used by most students. Reworking your notes to reinforce the structuring of knowledge also has an important effect on their effectiveness as a learning tool. So the secret here is to not only to take your notes, but use and go beyond those notes and try to work them out and rephrase them and summarize them and do a lot of stuff with them. Taking notes is not just about writing down information. It also requires focus and attention. And taking notes requires that attention to be more precisely focused on the access, the sorting and the coding of the information than it would be when simply just listening to a speaker or reading a document. Furthermore, by spatially organizing the information on the page, the conceptual links between the pieces of information presented during the lesson or in the book or any piece of recording will lead to making stronger connections between the information being received, everything you hear, and that already stored in the long-term memory. And remember that memory works in this funny way. You have this learning curve that goes up. It's like you remember everything. Then as you don't practice it, it goes down. If you've been listening to this episode, of course, it's repetition of things and creating your own schedule to review the material, you will refresh the memory. And in addition, the carrying out of intellectually complex tasks, such as solving problems and reasoning, finding solutions to questions, can also involve the use of notes as a form of external memory, saving things for later. So in conclusion, taking notes is an important part of the learning process that helps students understand and retain information. And also it has a positive effect on scores, exam scores and in knowledge tests and the composition of essays. This will have the level of independent learning that you can get taking notes and reviewing your notes will have a knock-on effect. It is like a domino effect in which all the areas of your studies will be affected positively from all these things. And as a final point, it's also very important to talk about how note-taking strategies can be effective for non-native speakers of English. For these kind of speakers, taking notice in English can be a real challenge. And I know that when you're accustomed to your own language, to your first language, of course, when you get to learn other languages, your brain gets this plasticity in which they, it's not so diff difficult for you to retrieve information. The challenge of understanding spoken English, particularly for students preparing for the exams, like IELTS, as an English teacher, I know that understanding the spoken word can be one of the most challenging aspects of learning the language. But as with all skills, practice is the key to improvement. Building up your listening skills slowly and focusing on key areas such as chunking, which is grouping or linking words together. You put words in, a, in different chunks. Chunks are groups of words. And natural contractions can be extremely beneficial. Furthermore, 
the more vocabulary, the more likely you are to understand what's being said. I would agree with many experts when they say that vocabulary building is the number one thing when students cannot do a reading properly or a listening task properly. It's basically because sometimes they don't get the vocabulary. They sometimes completely ignore one of the options in a multiple choice, basically because they didn't know the meaning of a word. Some of the key problems that students face when it comes to understanding spoken English include the speed of the conversation, chunking, grouping words together, contractions, and natural speech patterns, sometimes accents, both native and non-native accents, unknown vocabulary, dialects, slang words, and when I say slang words, for example, in real-life situations, not only in recorded listenings for course books, expressions, idioms, and figurative language, cultural references that may be known only by local people, that makes it incredibly difficult. And it's not only for non-native speakers of English. So sometimes for native speakers of English, it's really hard to get the cultural references. To help overcome these challenges, I suggest watching real-world examples of native speakers. This could be in the form of videos with captions or subtitles in English. As the more videos you watch, the better you will be equipped. And I also suggest watching these videos in short sections, like repeating until you feel familiar with the words and are able to repeat them. I'm sometimes watching, for example, like stand-up comedy, watching over and over again, you will get to be familiarized with not only with the accent of the person or the, where the person comes from, but also the vocabulary. In addition to watching videos, immersion in the language through music, films, and practice with will also help you improve your listening skills. Remember that many tests give extra points for natural language, so it's important to expose yourself to the way native speakers actually speak. You could watch on YouTube native Londoners having a chat or those typical morning shows in which they interview people on the street. These videos provide real-life examples of spoken English and also introduce new vocabulary and expressions that you may not find in textbooks. So this comes to the conclusion of this episode. I really hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I've done and that you will join me next week with a new installment of what you say in English. Remember that I'm here for you and that if you need any help with a Cambridge exam, with a mock speaking for IELTS or Cambridge exams, I'm more, I will be more than happy to help you. And don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast episode with anyone who might be interested in listening to me. And also don't forget to follow me on my TikTok account. I've, I've been doing pr pretty well in that TikTok account and I you will get to see me do like funny stuff like weird stuff and other things that don't exactly relate to the exams to the Cambridge exams and IELTS exams so I think it's going to be fun for all of us and remember that if you want to have an interview not necessarily for the speaking tests or do a mock exam I'm also available for that just like last week 
I had a conversation with Lander Hawes. He's an incredible person. He's very approachable. And of course, I got to learn a lot of new things about EdTech and being an entrepreneur and everything. So because I'm in my case, I've also dabbled with writing materials, basically for my own classes and my own lesson planning, but I might probably consider writing materials to get them published. And, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. So I'm very happy that you're joining me this time. And until next week, bye-bye.